Each of us has a purpose. We are destined to do something meaningful, not only to support our loved ones, but to positively impact our communities throughout the country. What do you think a private Christian education looks like? Grand Canyon University graduates 25,000 students yearly and offers more than 225 high-quality programs across nine colleges. Find your purpose at GCU. Visit gcu.edu. Listeners, today we are in conversation with Prakash Ayer, who is a well-known CEO, inspirational speaker, and a writer. Prakash has written many best-selling books on entrepreneurship and leadership skills, such as The Habit of Winning and very recently You Too Can. In today's episode, Prakash takes us back to the 1970s when he was 13. He talks about how he overcame stage fright in his school days and how his parents would insist that a very young Prakash should carry his own school bag, which became a life lesson for him. When you hear this episode, you will get to know why Prakash Ayer is such a well-regarded inspirational speaker. I can say for sure that he has inspired me. So let's hop on to our time machine and go back to the mid-1970s when Prakash was 13. Let's begin with a quick introduction of yourself in terms of what you do currently and what you like to do when you have some free time to yourself. Okay, what do I do currently? So I write a bit and I speak a lot which really means that I go out and I speak at corporates and try and get people excited about becoming better leaders or becoming, you know, building stronger teams. I also work with leaders and leadership teams in businesses uh, to try and help them become just a bit better. So, Arushi, all the work that I do is really around helping other people uh, become as good as they can be. That's what I do. That's really good. It's a lot of fun. I'm not sure how good it is. It's a lot of fun. (laughs) It does sound fun. Yes. Yeah, okay. So, uh, what was the year when you were 13? Um, it was 1975. That's really long time yeah, back. Makes me feel old already, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so which town or city were you in when you were 13? Uh, I was in Mumbai, which in those days was still called Bombay. Yeah. Um, that's where and, I lived. And how different is it from what it is now? Oh, Arushi, it's, it's very, very different. Um, and I used to live, I, I still go back often to, to, to the place where I lived or in that yeah. area. So I used yeah. to live in this place called Juhu, which is close to the beach. Yeah. It's Bombay. School was like a 15-minute walk. Oh, um, okay. And it was good fun because you could walk on the roads and kick stones with your <laughs> tough butter shoes yeah. and not worry about too much traffic. That's um, nice. And there was lots and lots of open spaces around where we live, wow. uh, where we'd play cricket. So every weekend, there would be cricket uh, all yeah. the time. So we had lots of fun growing up there. And that's some very, very fond memories. And now it's just everybody's inside their houses, just, you know, watching TV or something like that. Yeah, I think the world has changed. <laughs> it's changed a lot. Um, as you mentioned earlier that your school was just 15 minutes away. 
Did you change your school uh, any time when you were in Mumbai or were you in the same school throughout? So while I was in in Mumbai, I was in the same school throughout. But uh, before that, I was born in Jaipur. So I went to a kindergarten there and then to another school in class one. Uh, And then we moved to Delhi. So I went to another school there and then came to Mumbai. And the interesting bit, since you asked me that uh, my children uh, have probably done like 12 schools in 10 years or, you know, something like that. So that's how it's been. You mostly changed your school during your kg uh time so was it hard for you around that time to like leave your friends and go to a completely new different place i don't think so like i said i moved from jaipur to delhi to bombay and um i guess at an early stage i probably got used to the idea of making new friends yeah and walking in nervously into a classroom full of strange looking rogues who who looked like they were all set to bully you because <laughs> you were this new kid but yeah. you suddenly discovered they were not so bad and they were quite cool so i probably made friends quite easily and oh, that's I- nice okay so um during my research for this podcast i heard about how you won a debate competition in school by using an elephant as an example of education so can you tell my listeners about this incident I must compliment you, Arushi, for having done that research because I'm not oh, quite sure you. where I said this. But yeah, so it's it's a it's a strong memory for me. Uh, so as a little kid um, in a school debate, the debate was around the topic that the goal of education is employment. Yeah. And I was speaking against the motion. I must tell you that uh, my father, uh, who has been a huge influence in my life, he kind yes, of yes, I heard about that. So he helped me prepare for it. And he was trying to tell me, so the idea was not to say that uh, you need some education for employment, but the point we wanted to make was, it's not as if the goal of education is employment. Yeah. If it was a goal, it's all right. But if you say it's the goal, it means there's nothing else. And the only reason you need to be educated. So he really made me compare education and employment with, with elephants and animals. And he said, you know, all elephants are animals, you know, all uh, yeah. Uh, but it's wrong to say, you know, all animals are elephants. So education helps you with uh, employment. Sure, it does. But to say that the only role of education is employment is wrong. I still That's, remember that went down pretty well. and Yeah, pretty creative to use this as an example. Well, you have no idea how often I've now tried to use elephants and animals in everything I do. <laughs> okay. So now that you are a CEO and a writer, did you see yourself as a CEO when you were 13? I had no idea what a CEO might have been (laughs) at 13. But I must confess, I did see myself as a writer. Yeah. So as a kid, I used to quite enjoy um, putting words together. That might have been as simple as putting, you know, writing a small joke for for the school magazine. I started to write letters to the editor of Sports Week. So as you might figure, I was a big cricket fan. Yeah. And I would put, write these really solid letters to the editor of that magazine. Uh, and when I say really solid, it would be things like, you know, congratulations to Sunil Gavaskar for scoring 100. Keep it up, <laughs> Sunny. But, but there was great joy when it got published and I'd see my name in, in print. Yes, I did see myself as a bit of a writer. But CEO, no question. Never didn't even know what that meant. <laughs> so when did you get the idea of being a CEO? 
I don't think I've ever, in a sense, got the idea to become a CEO as much as saying that. So I went to work. So, you know, finished college, went to business school, mm-hmm. uh, got an MBA, went to work for an organization. And that's when you start realizing that there is this scary, almost daunting person in that organization who's supposedly the big boss CEO. Uh. Uh, but I don't think I thought too much about that in the early days. And I was really around saying, hey, let's have some fun. I always enjoyed working with other people. So, you know, it, it felt very good to be a part of a team. And and then it, you suddenly discovered that, hey, you were a part of the team and you were sometimes the leader of the team. But I reminded myself of something from my early childhood, uh, Arushi. When I was a kid, I used to play a lot of cricket. And as this little kid, I used to also, you know, very often end up being captain of my little <laughs> colony or building or or even my you know class 5b you know i would be the captain and i realized i was captain without being the best player there were other wow. people who were probably better players than i was yeah. i had great fun saying that hey maybe i can do something to make sure we all come together and you know i'll help you to do well hey you're a star i was not necessarily the star i think this probably stayed with me through work too maybe i was leading a team and i had lots of people who were perhaps way smarter than I was or way capable than I was. But it was fun being a part of the team and making sure everybody else enjoyed being part of the team. And and I guess one step leads to another. And then sometimes yeah. that you do, if you do a reasonably good job of whatever it is that you're doing, you know, things happen. And I guess that's how maybe the CEO bit happened. Wow. I mean, like, it's a good way to know how to manage a team and how to be part of one. So really good thing to you know to have a skill in your life i think we all have it arushi and maybe we all do a good job of losing it somewhere yeah but we all start with it i think you know we are all fundamentally oh. born to live with other people and to be friends with other people and huh. then i think something goes wrong somewhere along the way and we start at it okay so as you mentioned earlier that you used to play a lot of cricket uh, what other sports did you play apart from cricket when you were 13 I played a lot of uh, a sport called Gilly Danda. Yeah, my parents have told me about that. Um, I used to be pretty good at marbles. I had gone for the school trips and I've yeah. played that game. So played a bit of marbles. We, used to, yeah. we also, I played a lot of table tennis on the dining table. Oh. So we would have like, you know, um, books have always been my friends. And I guess it all started because these books served as a net on yeah. the table. So we'd make these books stand in the middle of the table. Wow. And play a lot of table tennis. Wow, uh, that's creative. I played a bit of football in school, but I guess running hard was never really my biggest strength. But yeah, but I had oh. fun. Okay. And as you loved uh, reading books, what was your favorite book at that time? So there's this uh, a book called Swami and Friends. Hmm. And it's written by a man called R.K. Narayan. Yeah. And I became a big fan of, uh, of R.K. Narayan. And probably my first book, from uh, from his work was this book called Swami and Friends. Wow. It's about this little boy in a small imaginary town called Malgudi who dreams of becoming a cricketer. And, you know, he plays for what is called the MCC, which really in cricket is the Melbourne Cricket Club, which is this big place which runs all the cricket in the world. Huh. But for him, MCC was the Malgudi Cricket Club. Oh. And, uh, you know, it was all about a little kid having fun in his life and having big dreams. That's a nice book. I'll read it. You should read R.K. Narayan. I I think he's a fantastic writer. Wow. He taught me a lot. I I sure will. 
So when you were in school, you had a lot of friends. So who was your best friend when you were 13 and are you still in touch with him or her? Good question. I had lots of friends when I was 13. If I look back, I probably struggle to pick out someone and say that was my best friend. Huh. Um, but there were a few of these kids. So there was someone who I'd go to school, you know, walk to school with and someone else who would sit next to me in class. And there was someone else who I'd play cricket with. And there was someone else who who I'd be friends with when we were trying to have fun with our maths teacher. And I've been in touch with quite a few of these people. I think social media has helped. So we now have this yeah. little WhatsApp group. Everybody uh, has those WhatsApp groups. True. Okay. And uh, do you remember who the Prime Minister of India was when uh, you were 13? Yes, I do. It was uh, Mrs. Gandhi, Indira Gandhi. Uh-huh. She was the Prime Minister. So when you were 13, um, you must have had an idol. So who was he or, who he or she and why? Oh, my idol was, uh, was Sunil Gavaskar, who at that time was this you know, star cricketer. He was what Virat Kohli is today or what Sachin Tendulkar was a few years ago. So Gavaskar was oh. this terrific guy wow. who scored all those runs for us. And I was a big, big, big fan of, of Gavaskar. And I guess somewhere along the way, I've often thought that he used to speak very well. So yeah. for, a, for a cricketer, he was quite articulate. Mm. Uh, and I remember he would be uh, endorse a shaving cream called Palmolive. And as a 13-year-old, I couldn't wait to start shaving because I needed to buy that palm olive shave cream. You know? so I was like, you know, such a, I was a big fan of that guy. And I think it was also about, to me, and as I look back now, perhaps it was this thing about, you know, Gavaskar said something in those days how he was a fairly short guy, hmm. but he, he used that to his advantage when he would play fast bowling, you know. This is a, a good attitude to have in life where rather than complain about the way you are, about something that's happened to you, how do you turn it to your benefit? And for me, there was God and his name was Gavaskar. Wow. And that what you said before was also great advice. Okay. And uh, did he like teach you any tricks for cricket while you used to watch him on TV? When you watch a person like that... Um, you try and, and imitate all the style elements, you know, the way he walks or the way he, his cap would be. <laughs> but I must tell you, uh, something that happened in those days was that I would go, you know, if I had a, let's say, a weekend or a, or a bit of a break in school, mm-hmm. I would go and watch a lot of cricket in Mumbai. And Gavaskar would be turning out for his company at that time, which was Nirlon, a company called Nirlon, where he worked. Okay. And he would come in his brand new Premier Padmini. And I'm trying to remember now, he had a fancy number like one, two, three, or three, four, five, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he would drive himself and come there. Oh. And there was something interesting that happened. And it's a lesson that I stayed with me. So we were watching a test match and we were all shouting out names of cricketers for an autograph, you know? <laughs> so there used to be a cricketer called Anshuman Gaikwad. As you would imagine, the commentators would call him Gaikwad. Yeah. So we were these kids shouting out to call out his attention and say, you know, we want his autograph. So we'd say, Gaikwad, Gaikwad, mm. Gaikwad. And Gavaskar came up to us and said, hey, call him Mr. Gaikwad. He's a prince, you know. <laughs> and it struck me how as little children we think we can call these, you know, grown up adults, people who are successful and we can just call him uh, Gaikwad, Gaikwad as if <laughs> kid next yeah. door. 
it just told me that hey here is someone teaching you something without referring himself i'm sure he must have felt bad when people you know kids were screaming and shouting him yeah by his surname you know i mean yeah. i can't imagine kids looking at me and saying hey ayer ayer <laughs> no one would do that to me today and i yeah. started, said wow that's that's an interesting one that you know he probably taught us so nothing to do with cricket but maybe yeah, a but lesson to respect yeah. other people in any case wow so in you have mentioned in an interview about how you overcame stage fright during a republic day speech at school yeah. yeah so can you help us understand how to overcome stage fright i am not sure about the last part of what you said but let me try and tell you what actually happened so here i was i just moved to this new school in mumbai the jamna bai narsi school as a kid who was new and therefore got was very keen to put his hand up for everything that was happening when the teacher was looking for someone to say something like you know i welcome everybody to republic day or you know yeah that's all i had to say so i stood up or went up on stage and i don't know what happened but those words just didn't come out i was shaking in my knees and i i don't know what happened i just blanked out i just didn't say anything at all oh. and, and i was scared and i i could sh- like i had no clue what happened to be fair but i think oh. it, it probably taught me that i don't know what went wrong but then i tried again one more time and i kind of got it right that's nice and and then it's interesting that now i kind of you know and then i went on to speak a little bit in school so i was quite the guy for all these elocution and debate kind of things and uh, yeah. that stayed with me so you know i now make a living out of speaking so uh, so it's it's if there's a message there somewhere perhaps for all of us <laughs> that it doesn't matter if you don't get it right the first time stick with it and keep and on trying there. yeah you'll get there okay so do you still you know before going to Uh, have a good talk or you're going to go to say something or you're going to you know review a book or anything do you still have like those butterflies in your stomach after this incident oh absolutely i have a huge butterfly zoo in my stomach most days <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i think it's interesting it's it's a good thing so even if it's let's say there's a 13 year old smart young girl in gurgaon who's going to talk to me on a podcast but before i get on to it for that first couple of minutes i'm you know i'm telling myself hey okay come on prakash you know you must say the right things you must try and be make it fun uh, you must get it right so i think it's a good thing to have those butterflies because it makes sure that you don't take yourself for granted you don't think that you know you can wing it anyway uh, oh. you want i think somewhere deep inside me is also this desire to say hey if i'm if i've been asked to speak today I hope I do a good job and people enjoy it and remember yeah. it and go back having learned something so that makes sure that little sense of nervousness or that sense of wanting to do well I think is important and mm. it works well for me so it's there and I like it okay I'll keep that in mind but you don't sound like someone who's got those butterflies <laughs> no I sing a lot before any performance I get really nervous So yeah, in that times I just want to stay back, but I still yeah. come ahead. Uh, thank you. Um, so we're yeah. gonna hop on back into the time machine, and I'm gonna ask you a few specific questions about the time when you were thirteen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what was your favorite TV show at that time? Because my parents have told me that there was only one TV channel called Doordarshan. So, yes. what would you watch on that? particular channel something that i watched quite with great interest was something called sports roundup 
which was like a weekly show where i remember there was a man called fredon divitre who would come on and talk about what happened in the world of sport in the week gone by oh. and there was this other man who'd wear these you know funny looking glasses an old man with a french beard called bobby talyar khan <laughs> who would also come and speak sometimes on this show so that was something that i'd i'd watch with quite a lot of interest the other interesting thing arushi was that around that time is when they start showing you know cricket matches live on television Oh, test match in Bombay, which they showed live, and the best part of it was that school would close to allow us to watch. You know, wow. Watch. So, so those were the days. If they did that, that school would never open because it's cricket. <laughs> That's so nice. Okay, and uh, what was your favorite food at that time? Because I have a feeling that pizza and burgers wasn't that popular at that time. Yeah. So, what what was your favorite food? Uh, one of them was that. Um, there was this man who would come up, go around house to house in the evening or you know walk on the streets mm. with this massive sack on his back bit like an everyday santa claus you know <laughs> and he would sell singh and chana and kurmura and for like 10 paisa you could buy one nice big pack uh, of mixed up wow and if you were a good kid you know your mom would probably let you have that one of those days there was something else we would do i i loved gola sharbat i don't know if you know get that too much in delhi but in mumbai it was this big thing okay uh, uh, can you tell me about this i have not i don't know what so it's is. like these ice shavings so you know yeah acha with the syrup and yeah with the, the syrup ice. in a glass okay That's, yeah yeah so yeah. in the good old days the glass was more expensive so you just bought the stick oh. with the ice shaving on it oh okay but what you would do is you'd keep sucking at it quickly quickly uh-huh. and before you left that shop or the thela gadi from where you bought it you would tell that man bhaiya thoda aur dal do <laughs> and it was like a wow therefore for 10 paisa i probably got like 11 paisa worth and that was something that stayed with me we also would have a lot of ganne ka ras which is uh, sugarcane juice yeah right? yeah and um, so i i can't remember now i think it was maybe like you could get a half glass of ganne ka ras also and not the full glass and what we would do is tell the man barf nahi chahiye so that you will get more of the juice itself and not have too much ice in it and then you will take a sip and then you say bhaiya thoda barf dal do so again you thought you got a little more ganne ka ras than you might have paid for so i think these are little things which we had lots of fun with okay so now ganne ka juice you get it in this glass bottle and it's called oh my ganna so yeah how boring can you get i mean you know <laughs> the pleasure of watching that man and you know there were no machines so he would it would typically be these two people one yeah. of them would be sticking the sugarcane into those rollers and the other yeah. man would be kind of moving it with his hands and you would sit over there and one of your cheap thrills would be bhaiya can i do it once you know so if he let <laughs> you do that for us yeah. those were i think the selfie moments of the 70s and <laughs> you felt wow i i did it you know and yeah. you would imagine after that you would kind of feel that your shirt has got tightened because your <laughs> muscles have suddenly grown because you kind of turned that wheel twice so yeah. <laughs> okay can you tell us what advice your parents gave you when you were 13 i think they encouraged me to do things that i may not have necessarily been very good at mm. so they encouraged me so and that is something i remember and i probably want to ensure that i would have done for my kids too 
Hmm. So if, if I want to write, they'd encourage that. If I want to speak, they'd encourage that. If I wanted to play a sport, they'd, they'd you know, be happy to let hmm. me do it. I even went and learned to play the guitar. Wow. You know, was one of the silly things. I, I'm terrible at it, but it didn't matter. You, It's okay to do things, even if you're not very good at it. Yeah. It's, you don't have to put this filter that I will only do those things that I'm, I know I'm very good at. Huh. So I think I tried lots of things in my life, and I think that's that was a pretty good lesson. But yeah. maybe uh, now that I'm, you asked me this question, I'm reminded of something else that I learned. But that was perhaps even before I became 13. But it's a lesson mm-hmm. my parents taught me. As a little kid in Jaipur, I had to, you know, when I would go to school, there was this guy who would take me on a bicycle mm-hmm. to school and pick me up and bring me back. His name was Chotu, oh. and. He, he would pick me up and put me on the cycle and put the bag on the cycle's handle. But when I got down, I had to carry my own bag. So the rule was that Chotu will hold my hand. He'll help me cross the road. He'll get me home. But he won't carry my bag. I have to carry my own bag. I think that was a powerful lesson. Learn to carry your own bags in life. Don't depend on other people. Yeah, That's that's good advice. And what advice do you have for me and all the other people listening to this podcast? Oh, before I give you advice, I must tell you that, you know, if you have a long list of fans somewhere, do add my name on it. <laughs> I've just grown to admire the kind of work that you do. Thank you so much. I wish I was doing half the kind of things that you are doing at 13. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. So delighted to be there for talking to you about this, Arushi. But uh, advice Thanks. for young people? I'd probably say two or three things. The first, I think, is to aim high. Mm. I think it's important for you to to dream big dreams. Yeah. And don't sell yourself short. You know, think that you can conquer the world. Think that you can go out and do whatever it is. Don't be scared. So I think that's the first lesson I'd have for you. Dream big dreams. The second one I'd probably say is work hard. There are no shortcuts. But we've all got into this habit of looking for a hack yeah, and say that maybe there is a cheat code that I can use to try and get this right. And I think you should try and avoid that. So slog, yeah. work hard, get your hands dirty, um, be willing to pay the price as it were, you know, be willing to do the hard work that it takes to get there. Hmm. And that's the second piece of advice I'd have. And the third would probably be to say, become the kind of person who's out there helping other people get it right. Hmm. Don't get too caught up in yourself I need to be there I need to be first I need to be the best no don't worry about it I think worry about saying how can I help someone else get a little bit better how can I help other people make their dreams come true so become the kind of person who other people want to be around who other people want to have on the team and you'll discover that you'll become unstoppable that's great advice because right now I'm gonna go into my senior year so a lot of uh, exams and it's all going to change a little bit. So mm-hmm. that will help me a lot. So one final question, because uh, we have reached the end of our podcast. Mm-hmm. So our last question is, when will you write a book for teenagers? Because uh, you, you sent me a book for the habit of uh, winning. And uh, so in that you've talked about a lot of and also, I've also read a book also called You Too Can. So in the, both these books, you've talked about entrepreneurship and also how to speak and all those, um, like, you know, mostly related to the job. So for teenagers right now, for that is pretty ahead for us, even though it shows us how the world is going to be for us. And it is helpful. But like something for us to understand right now, 
is a book that I would like to read from you. So when will you write a book like that? <laughs> yeah, I think um, that's a good thought. Maybe I should try and think of it. Although I'm increasingly thinking that if I want to tell teenagers what to do, I probably want to do something on Netflix or <laughs> <laughs> or do like these one minute videos which people can watch and get a message out of because I don't know if you know I worry sometimes that attention spans are shrinking and you know maybe kids kids are saying you know come on get on with it I don't want to read 200 pages to hear what you have to say tell me quickly but I I think it's an interesting thought and maybe someday I would I would probably want to do that so thanks for the idea maybe yeah. I know whom to thank if I do write that book. Oh, thank you. Okay, so thank you for taking your time to be on my podcast when I was 13. Stay 13, Arushi. I think you're an amazing kid. Uh, thank you. It's such a pleasure talking to you and you know, I can't tell you how I'm looking forward to seeing you someday. So do well and thanks so much for having me here. Yes, thank you for coming also. So that brings us to the end of yet another episode of When I Was 13. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I did putting it together. For me, at 13, meeting people and getting to know their world when they were 13 opens up a world that I will possibly never get to know otherwise. Do not forget to subscribe to this podcast on your Android or iPhone. And yes, I am on Instagram, and you can follow me on when underscore I underscore was thirteen. Catch you soon with yet another interesting conversation on when I was thirteen.